I don't think preparation. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride, take a cab, find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sarrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lagging, baby? What's crack a lagging? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. National Security Advisor John Bolton is defending President Trump's decision to call off military strikes on Iran. Bolton spoke today during a visit to Jerusalem, as NPR's Daniel Estrin reports. Bolton has long advocated hardline positions against Iran and suggested the U.S. could attack Iran at a later stage. Neither Iran nor any other hostile actor should mistake U.S. prudence and discretion for weakness. He said the U.S. is imposing new sanctions on Iran with details to be announced Monday. Bolton made the comments alongside Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who also advocates a hardline stance on Iran. Netanyahu said nothing about Trump's decision to call off military strikes, but he praised new U.S. sanctions on Iran. Bolton is in Jerusalem ahead of a meeting Tuesday with Russian and Israeli national security advisors to discuss Syria. On Saturday, the White House published its long-awaited economic peace plan for Palestinians, but Bolton and Netanyahu made no mention of it. Daniel Estrin, NPR News, Jerusalem. President Trump says he postponed the planned roundup of undocumented immigrants at the request of Democrats, tweeting this weekend that he's giving Democrats and Republicans two weeks to work out a solution. A source familiar with the matter says House Speaker Nancy Pelosi asked him to delay the raids in a Friday night phone call. Immigration authorities have been expected to launch them beginning today. 
to Ethiopia now where the top military official and one of the country's regional presidents killed in what the country says was an attempted coup. NPR's Ada Peralta reports that armed forces stormed the headquarters of the Amhara regional government. A spokesperson for Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed tells NPR that the Amhara regional president was shot by armed forces trying to take over the regional government. At the same time, in the capital, Addis Ababa, the chief of Ethiopia's armed forces was coordinating a response when his bodyguard shot him. The spokesperson, Biene Seyom, says both men died from their injuries, and she says the government believes the attacks are connected. For more than a year now, Ethiopia has been experiencing a rapid transformation. Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed has ushered in a new, more democratic era, but old ethnic tensions that were kept in check by the former regime's authoritarian rule have flared, leading to widespread intercommunal violence. Ada Pralta, NPR News, Nairobi. Officials are warning of possible aftershocks following this weekend's moderate earthquake in Northern California. The quake had a magnitude of 5.6, and it struck along the coast of Humboldt County, about three miles south of the community of Petrolia. Randy Baldwin is a geophysicist with the U.S. Geological Survey. 5.6 causes pretty good shaking, but this area has a history of quakes this size or even larger occurring. There are no reports of damage or injuries. And from Washington, this is NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. And I think I've done more than any other first-term president ever. I have a phony witch hunt, which is just a phony pile of stuff. Mueller comes out, there's no collusion, and essentially a ruling that no obstruction, and they keep going with it. You know what? People are angry about it. I don't think that's an example. You don't have time for that. Now we'll talk about it. That is what he found. Excuse me. He found no collusion, and he didn't find anything having to do with obstruction because they made a ruling based on his findings, and they said no obstruction. He didn't examine collusion. He laid out evidence of obstruction. But were you trying to say now that there was collusion, even though he said there is no collusion? He didn't say there's no collusion. He said no collusion. He said he didn't look at George. The report said no collusion. Did you read the report? Uh, Yes, I did, and you should read it, too. I read it. it. (laughs) When does it rise above all the other stuff for you? What is that? Well, we've stopped finding even more information. This is, as I say, with me, this runs deep. And uh, every day uh, we see more. So why would we stop with our less strong case? I think censor is just a a way out. If you're going to go, you got to go. In other words, if the goods are there, you must impeach. What to make of the back and forth this week between 2020 Democratic frontrunner Joe Biden and candidate Cory Booker and others over Biden's remarks at a fundraiser on Tuesday night expressing nostalgia for a more civil time in politics when Biden said things got done in Washington. He cited working with conservative Democratic senators Herman Talmadge, whom he called one of the meanest guys, and James Eastland, both of whom were segregationists. But Biden used as an example of civility the fact that they didn't call him boy, they called him son. Yeah, I I don't think reparations for something that happened 150 years ago for whom none of us currently living are responsible is a good idea. Uh, We've, you know, tried to deal with our original sin of slavery by fighting a civil war, by passing landmark civil rights legislation. Uh, We've elected an African-American president. I I think 
we're always a work in progress in this country, uh, but no one currently alive was responsible for that. And the real dilemma posed by reparations is just that, a dilemma of inheritance. It is impossible to imagine America without the inheritance of slavery. As historian Ed Baptist has written, enslavement, quote, shaped every crucial aspect of the economy and politics of America. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wilde Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Wilde. Good morning to you folks. Today is June 23rd, 2019, and you're tuned to the serious side of the J-Rock Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. It is best. I'm Jay, of course, like the man said. Welcome, one and all. Glad you guys are spending a portion of your Sunday with us. Appreciate you, as always. A happy belated Father's Day to all the dads out there. Took some time out to spend time with the kids, so we weren't here last week, but we're back in the house this week to discuss some of the major, major stories that happened during the past two weeks since we've been gone. But as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the very best in the business. First of all, let me introduce you to my sis. She is, I love her to death. She watches CNN all day, but she needs to get out CNN. I'm going to tell her why here in a second. But anyway, colleague from the J. Rod Show, my big sis, the one and only Miss Vanessa Mayville. from the lack of that. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Belated happy Father's Day to you, sweetie. Oh my God! Thank you so much. I had an outstanding day. It's not belated. It's it's belated because you're saying it on the air, but you actually wish me happy Father's Day on Father's Day. Thank you so much. By the way, everybody, Jay has awesome children. His daughters are beautiful. They're awesome. They're polite. They're just really nice girls. I've met them at dinner. So anyway, I'm starting to listen to MSNBC yeah. sometimes, so I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to get you all the way there, but that's all right. But all right, glad you in the house this morning. It's always love hearing your beautiful voice. Next up, the man who used to be the resident texter, and we're going to say he used to be because now he is in the house. He has a seat at the table, and we love to get his commentary. I call him the educated brother, a.k.a. my little brother, the one and only Johnny D in the place to be. What's going on, John, man? Happy uh, belated Father's Day, and what's up, brother? Welcome into the broadcast. God bless you. God bless you. You are you are far too kind in your words and your description. Um, but however, I will receive them this morning. Miss <laughs> Vanessa, good morning. Miss Celeste, uh, Jerome, Jay, good morning. Good morning. Definitely. I, I tell you, uh, it was a, a wonderful opportunity to, for all of us to, to celebrate fathers. Uh, we don't always get the acclaim. But for the fathers out there that's doing the right thing and for the fathers that's out there aspiring to do the right thing, uh, certainly God bless you. And, Jay, again, um, thank you for all of your support and just the, the sincere opportunity to spend that quality time, although I would have loved to have been able to come into the home of the listeners again. But um, I do welcome that opportunity to, to share more time with my family. So thank you. Absolutely, and it was a good break, but now we're back into it. But speaking of the man who you really need to thank this guy, this guy is really the guy that's in charge. The man who runs everything around here. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, sir. And how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Nessa. And good morning, Hawk. Good morning. Good morning. 
he's feeling vibrant. I'm glad he, he put those lips towards her and not me. All right, we're glad that he's in the house. <laughs> Our colleague, Mr. Jerome Esprit, I call him the smartest man in the world, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we kind of hold it down for you. The number is 347-850-1272, A lot to get into this morning. Let me break it down for you, some of the things that we're going to talk about. First up, Trump unplugged. Trump is still promoting the notion that there was no collusion found in the Mueller report in an interview with ABC's George Stephanopoulos. While Nancy Pelosi is still holding firm on not impeaching the president. Let's talk about it. Let's kick that around. Democrats begin that process. We'll have that debate here in a few minutes. Next up, he didn't call me boy. Former Vice President Biden is finding himself in hot water this week for his comments that he made when he tried to say, listen, I want to take us back to a time where we all worked together. And he used the names of two people that used to be segregationists back in the day. But his comments, the fact that they didn't call me boy, they called me son, riled up his uh, his competitors in the 2020 presidential campaign coming up, most notably Cory Booker. Let's talk about that. This is what people were concerned about with Joe Biden. You know, he's a gaff machine. You know, we're starting to see the armor crack a little bit. That'll come up. The third and final set, reparations. 40 acres and a mule. Where is it? We were promised that. We'll talk about that coming up next because the first time in 12 years, for the first time in 12 years, I should say, Congress had meetings about reparations. And you'd be uh, just amazed with what some of the people are saying. And you kind of heard what the major, the, the, the uh, Senator Majority Leader said. You heard that at the polls. So we'll get into those conversations. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Mr. Elias, man, did we get the chat room fixed? Does that get to go or no? It is open this morning, and the usual suspects are There in you there. go, folks. Hallelujah. The chat room is open. Make your way in. Plus, we monitor social media websites. Our director of social media outreach, Jackie, will be along uh, during the third set to kind of tell you how to stay in contact with the show when the show's not live. Just a lot to get into, a lot to catch up on. And I want to say thank you. There was a, like, my God, I don't know what happened. But goodness, our downloads just quadrupled last week, and maybe because we weren't here. I don't know, but boy, they just like, whoop. So anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Glad you guys are listening. Regardless whether you're listening live on a Sunday or if you're listening at your desk at work or just cruising down the avenue or wherever you are hearing the sound of our voices, we hope that the information that we provide you within the next two hours is something that you can take and uh, use it for whatever you think it's worth, right? Either you take it, receive it, or you don't. All right, first up. Donald Trump unplugged. The president is still promoting the notion that there was no collusion found in the Mueller report, which we all know that's a lie. Kudos to George Stephanopoulos for actually pushing back, saying, well, that's not what the report said. Trump was like, you're a damn lie. It did say that. Let's get out the car and finish doing what we need to do. It's a fascinating interview. You need to go watch it on YouTube or on ABCnews.com. But anyway, let's start right there. Let me start with you, Mr. Elias. Nancy Pelosi's holding strong on the fact that the Democrats should not impeach this president. Do you agree with her assessment of the situation? I sure don't. I don't. I think that should be. And why? Why? Because why? It is, it is, it is, it, he's obstructed justice. He's not above the law. And the bottom line, what, what kind of message do you send to the next regime that comes in? You can do whatever you want to as long as the Republicans. I mean, the next, yes, next, whatever. next uh, administration. Next. We don't have regimes. Well, it's a regime. I'm going to call it a regime because the bottom line is that he acts like he's a king. But the bottom line is 
He's obstructed justice. It's been proven. It's been put in the Mueller report. And for all you clowns out there that said he did not obstruct justice, read it. He's done it. So since he's broken the law, he should not be above it just because you are playing politics and it might rile his base up so damn what. His base is going to vote for him regardless. You can do two things. Everybody's, well, and everybody talks about, well, you, you should you, you should uh, stick to talking points. Well, Americans can chew, walk and chew gum at the same time. And teach his ass and then stick to your message. Because bottom line, I am disgusted with the Democrats right now because they will not do their jobs. The bottom line, he should not be above the law if they should impeach his ass. It's in, a, it's in a, my mother report. He asked his, uh, he asked Hope Hicks to lie for him. He asked his, his uh, lawyer to lie for him. He, this dude is just, hey, man, he, he's a liar. And he's asked, he, he asked by the special prosecutor to be fired. And then he asked to lie about it. It's, just, it's an obstruction of justice, and it's been proven that he's obstructed justice. He should not be above the law. Get him out of there. Get him out. Well, tell us how you really feel, Mr. Elias. Wow, that was a mouthful. Okay, uh, Mr. Elias says uh, he needs to be in peace. Let me swing around to you, Vanessa. Do you think that the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi, they're going about this wrong, the fact that they should begin impeachment proceedings on this man immediately? What's for you? I don't think they should begin impeachment right now. I personally Uh-oh. want Uh-oh. him to be impeached. Why not? But I want him to have... The evidence. No, I do. I said I want him to be impeached, but I want him to have all of the evidence. Like, and I've said this before. People are not, or did not read the Mueller report, Jay. Like me, I didn't read that. And so far, everything that Trump has done, he's gotten away with it. So you're going to need some ironclad proof, undeniable proof, in writing, stamped in your face, like the Bible proof. In order to get him and they, penalized and they because his base, people would still vote for him. They would still vote, still for, him vote him for him. So yes. his base is going to vote for there's him. There's ironclad proof in the Mueller report. The so there's ironclad proof. There's ironclad. There's, there's ironclad proof in the Mueller report, Vanessa. That he. I know. So let me finish what I was saying. That's her opinion, though, Mr. Elias. But this guy is riled no, up, man. Let I mean, me you, you can't listen a week with this dude. He's ready to fight. Yeah, come on, man. What I'm saying, this is, it is in the Mueller report. But you got millions of Americans that don't look at TV, don't follow this. My daughter doesn't follow this. But you know what? We, they're going to have to have Mueller, Mueller, whoever, sitting up there for the American people to listen to what he said he wrote in order for it to make a difference. So I agree with Nancy Pelosi. He is a crook. We know he's a crook. Uh, we, I mean, we know he needs to be behind bars. But if they sit, if they try to impeach him and it fails, y'all, we in big, big, big trouble. So I suggest wow. that they, you know, we're going to be in big trouble wow. because he don't really show his butt. Let's get Johnny. I want to hear what Johnny has to say. Uh, Johnny, man, your thoughts on this? What do, you, what do you think, man? You think the Democrats are uh, doing this? They're playing. You think the Democrats are playing politics? People are accusing the Republicans of playing politics by not uh, being a part of the initiate uh, impeachment discussions. Do you think Democrats are doing the same? 
certainly. Uh, this is nothing but political posturing by the Democratic Party. I too will refer to to this group as a as a lawless regime, and I can understand Les's passion. The reality of it is, is you didn't do your job if Les didn't do his job, if Mr. Ness didn't do her job, and I didn't do my job. We would be fired. Now, this guy is criminally, criminally implicated on obstruction of justice, amongst many other things. You look at his regime and the number of individuals who have been indicted. At some point, you have to put aside the fact of the political impact that may be lingering. The unknown political impact that may be lingering. Think back to 2015, 16, when Donald Trump was a candidate. Look how unpresidential he presented himself. Look at how he just simply crumbled the political components and the political courtesies that come with that office or any other office. And he dared, he dared the rest of the candidates to meet him at that level. And when they bowed and when they blinked, he was able to be successful. Now, he has simply bullied his way and positioned him way into a scenario to where now those individuals who support him and going to support him to the very end, you're not going to lose those because you're never going to obtain them. At some point, you have to let justice and the dignity of the office serve its place. And I just believe that the Democrats who, who tiptoe around this subject is doing more harm as we move forward because it's emboldening this young man, it's empowering this young man to sit back and say, you know what, once again it's proven. I can do whatever I want to without any retribution. So shame on the politics that's associated with this. From the Republicans who sat in their champion behind this criminal, and then also the Democrats who so fearful and quivering that, okay, we might lose one or two votes. You're not going to get them anyway. So do your job. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is twenty two minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side. Okay, now listen. Here's the deal. And this is here's my question, to everyone. You know, do you want to win the battle or do you want to win the war? I mean, so because here's the thing that you have. Here's the question you have to ask yourself. The question is, let's say when you initiate impeachment proceedings, it's for a show because you don't have the votes in the Senate. So what you're going to do is. Most Americans do not agree. People talk about polling. Most Americans do not agree that that Congress should impeach the president. Those are the polls that are out there right now. So you're talking about doing what the American people want you to do. If the majority of the American people, Vanessa, are telling you, we don't want you to do that. We care about when we get off work, you know, will we have enough money? Do we have enough? Do, have we made enough money during the course of the day to spend time with our family? Or do we have to go to a second That's job? Time, We're concerned about if we get sick, can we get our medical bills paid for? We don't care about that other nonsense because, like you just said, Vanessa, most yep. Americans are not paying attention to what the day-to-day politics like we do. And most uh, local news broadcasts, which most Americans get their information from, they're owned by a conservative group called the Sinclair Group. So most 
Americans trust their local news, and they get what they need to get from that, and then they turn it off. They go watch, you know, the Big Bang Theory or watch sports. They don't tune in like we do. So what purpose does it serve to initiate, uh, you know, impeachment proceedings, right, when most Americans don't really give a dang on about that, and you're not going to impeach them? You want to do something symbolic? So, I mean, does that win? We want to win the the war, not the battle. So by, yeah, we'll go ahead and initiate this, then guess what? Come 2020, January 20th, this guy gets reelected. Can you live with another four years of Donald Trump? So what Nancy Pelosi is doing, in my view, is she's, listen, they're all playing the political game. And even though I agree with what you, Johnny D, and what Mr. Elias is saying in principle, because no one is above the law, but this is different. If we don't do our jobs, we get fired. But us doing our jobs doesn't represent, you know, millions and millions of people in our community. I mean, whether I get fired or not, you know, the person down the street, you know, they still got their own issues. If I represented that person, then they want me doing something else to make sure that their way of life is better. And they're not concerned about what's happening with this guy. So that's the way I see it. I see it where, once again, you know, if you initiate that, that's great, that's fine and dandy, but he is not going to be convicted. So why even initiate it? What is it for? Why would you, it's, it's like, why would you start a race that you're not going to finish? I mean, why do you start something that you're not going to complete? It doesn't make sense Because you don't me. know how. Even you though are, I agree in principle with what you're saying. You have just speculated ahead, on the, how, how everything is going to go. You don't know that for sure, Jake. And, and, and you do know that for sure, Mr. Elias. No, you don't. This is controlled by Republicans. Well, tell me the lottery numbers. Tell me the lottery numbers next week. That oh, my gosh. You, it's wishful tell thinking. Tell me the lottery numbers. Okay, you asked me a question. Let me answer it. Here's the deal. Everything this guy has done so far, every Senate hearing that they have, you watch them. The Republicans act like, oh, well, you know, hey, uh, you know, this guy didn't do anything wrong. I mean, come on, man, stop it. If you bring it out, I don't care about his base. His base is never going to turn, Jay. His base is never going to turn. Okay, there you go, Mr. Elias. His base base includes Senate Republicans. His base includes Senate Republicans. Senate Republicans, Jay. Okay. You bring it out so let's go ahead and initiate it and let's just see what happens, right? It makes sense. You bring it out and let the American okay. people judge, Jay. Come on. Yeah, let me give you. you let me get the American people have already spoken. Okay, I'll tell you what. Okay. What kind of message are okay, you okay, fine. All right. Let me play this clip, Mr. Elias, and then we'll finish this in the time remaining on the other side. Hilarious. Uh, of all the ridiculous things said in Washington, D.C., Nancy Pelosi uh, hinting that politics aren't at play in impeachment talk. Impeachment for what, Sandra? Winning an election? What did President Trump do? He was the victim of the biggest spying, political spying scandal in U.S. history. There was no evidence of obstruction of justice that would make even a, con- a remotely convincing court case. It was absurd. So Nancy Pelosi gets that. That's why she's trying to tamp down this utterly absurd talk. Of and she suggests that they have evidence, but they just need to, Juan, gather more evidence to build a stronger case for impeachment. Well, if there is evidence, shouldn't the American people be privy to that? There is evidence, and it's right there. I just don't think most people have read the Mueller report, but 
he outlines 10 specific items of obstruction of justice and says it's up to the Congress. He says, let's let the process... So why, why wait? Why not pursue well, because impeachment now? I think because Nancy Pelosi thinks that if you simply proceed with impeachment, knowing that the Senate is majority held by Republicans, it's unlikely that the president would be convicted, and therefore the impeachment really would not remove him from office and would allow him to claim that he's a martyr to some kind of you know, political act. In fact, I just want to contradict what Dan said, because I think Nancy Pelosi is under pressure from Democrats who say, forget the politics as to whether or not it helps us going into 2020 or doesn't. The Congress has an, a responsibility under its constitutional uh, you know, obligation as the first uh, member of the government, you know, three branches of government, to hold the executive accountable. And future presidents, if they see this guy's behavior, might behave even worse. She goes even further in... Fox News, and you know we're coming a long way with Fox having these types of debates. But, but you know, Juan Williams, everybody knows who he is. He's kind of been on that side of the fence, but he's like, you know, this is ridiculous. So, you know, once again, I think that clearly illustrates what we're dealing with. The first guy talks about impeachment for what? What? I mean, <laughs> he won an election. What? I mean, so once again, I just don't understand. I get what you're saying, and in principle, I am on y'all's team. But, Vanessa, I'm with you because at the end of the day, when you initiate something, then guess what? You want it to stick. I'm not going to cast a symbolic vote. That's why we get into some of these situations in the first place. Well, I'm not voting for for Hillary Clinton because I don't like Hillary Clinton. I'm going to vote for Mickey Mouse. Well, that's a vote for Donald Trump. So you want to cast a symbolic vote. For what? What does it accomplish? And that's the only that's the because only thing I'm saying. I agree with you, but I to do it. That's why it's your job to do it. Say Jay. what? That's why. Okay. It's your job. So to do so it. did you? Okay. You are the first. All right. Look, so here's, I, hey, look, here's man, my question for you. <laughs> okay. Go well, ahead. I got a question for you, Jay. I got one question for yes, you. Yes, sir. What happens? Yes, sir. If they don't impeach him, and through all this crap that goes on, he still wins the 2020 election. How much worse do you think he'll be? How much worse? Well, well, okay, well, let me well, say well, this. No, I don't think he's going to be question. any worse. No, no I'm going to answer the question. You ask, I'm answering the question. I don't think he's going to be any worse. He's going to celebrate okay. like he celebrated when the attorney general came out and said that there was no collusion found in that report, which we all know was a lie. I don't think he's going to get any worse. That's going to embolden his people. And that's the, you know, listen, that's the risk that you take. Listen, mm-hmm. here's the deal, right? And, one I and you're right, and this is going to almost play. No, no, this is going to almost play into what you're saying. I, I hate to make this case, but it's going to almost play into what you're saying. And, and I go back to the old seatbelt rule that I always talk about. You know, when, when, when Congress passed laws saying it was mandatory for you to wear a seatbelt, they didn't say because you wear a seatbelt that you're not going to get killed. What they said was your chances of survival are stronger and highly more likely due to studies based on the fact that you're wearing a seatbelt. But you can't sit there and say, well, what if you wear a seatbelt and you have a crash and you die anyway? Well, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm going with the percentages. I'm going with the odds. And what I'm saying here is, is that if the American poll, if the American people in polling 
telling you that 67% of Americans don't want the president impeached. That is as clear as the nose on my face. And they're okay. saying that we're worried about health care. We're worried about, you know, the deficit. And we're telling people, time. but see, but you can't, we're telling people to vote their pocketbooks. We're telling people to vote what's on their mind. And if you're telling folks that if you're going to ignore what they're saying, then, you know, shame on you. The American people, well, the majority of the American people are saying they don't give a dang on about that. So now what? Three four seven eight five zero one and so George. And who are these polls? How many? How many American people did they poll? How many? Well, you will listen. Okay, we I can argue. We well, 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 can argue polls all day. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not. Listen, anyway. Mr. Elias, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you on that, Mr. Elias. You know, you're right. I mean, there are people who have never been called by pollsters. I get that, man. I, I completely understand. There's no doubt about that. But you have to use whatever tools you have that's available to you. If you come up with a better system, that's the system that we have. Vanessa, get your last thought in here before we get to uh, get four, in four minutes or less. I'm going to let you close it out. Final thought. I just, you know, I think that people are more concerned with the cost of living that the minimum wage is $7.50 and ain't been changed in the last eight years except for 25 cents. I think that the American people are more concerned with insurance and how they're going to get their baby's medicine and why they blood pressure medicine, they got to cut the pills in half. I think the American people are more concerned with the NRA and guns being bought and coming in the shoes shooting up people. I don't think they're as concerned about how ignorant Donald Trump is acting. They're only concerned with who's going to come in and fix the things I just named. That's all I got to say about that. There and you go. In this week's yeah. edition, huh? Go ahead. No, I was just saying they did poll me. Oh, was... As a matter of fact, they called me Thursday. Oh, okay. Wow. There you and go. I, I never, I've never gotten a call. Oh, well, good for you. Yeah, Most I have. people run from them because we think they're bill collectors. All right, so in four minutes or less, <laughs> something that you need to know, a topic that we're going to talk about in the next set, Joe Biden and this whole thing with him and Cory Booker, you know, how is this going to play out? You know, is this a situation that we talk about on the show all the time? Are the Democrats, you know, uh, friendly fire? Is this what's happening here? So it's time for this week's edition in four minutes or less, something that we need to know or that you need to know. And next we'll talk about this in full detail. Second set, you're listening to the serious side of the J. Ross Show. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. What to make of the back and forth this week between 2020 Democratic frontrunner Joe Biden and candidate Cory Booker and others over Biden's remarks at a fundraiser on Tuesday night expressing nostalgia for a more civil time in politics when Biden said things got done in Washington. He cited working with conservative Democratic senators Herman Talmadge, whom he called one of the meanest guys, and James Eastland, both of whom were segregationists. But Biden used as an example of civility the fact that they didn't call him boy, they called him son. Biden is white. Cory Booker, who's African-American, said Biden should apologize. When asked if he would apologize, Biden said Booker should. Biden should apologize. He knows better. There's not a racist bone in my body. I've been involved in civil rights my whole career. Well, then Booker went on CNN last night. He should have the sensitivity to know that this is a time I need to be an ally, I need to be a healer, I need to not engage in usage of words that will harm folks. And so this is deeply disappointing. That word being boy. Yesterday, other candidates, including Democrat Kamala Harris, also African-American, weighed in. I have um, a great deal of respect for um, Vice President Biden. He's done very good work and he has served our country in a very uh, noble way. 
but to coddle the reputation of segregation of people who, if they had their way, I would literally not be standing here as a member of the United States Senate, is, I think, um, it's just, it's misinformed and it's wrong. Well, this is sure to keep percolating ahead of next week's uh, Democratic presidential debate. So let's bring in NPR presidential campaign reporter Scott Detrow. Hi, Scott. And um, the implications by Biden seem to be that he was treated well even by segregationists because it was more civil time. Is that the interpretation here? Yeah, and, and this gets to a lot of the uh, of the big divide between Joe Biden and a big chunk of the rest of the 23-candidate Democratic field, right? Joe Biden is running on this idea of we can all get together, hash out a common-sense solution, we can reach across the aisle and get things done. And a lot of Democrats are saying you can't trust the Republicans because they're not going to work with you, and that's why Biden made this comparison to begin with. Now, of course, he was talking about two Democrats, but he was saying he was able to work with them even though they were segregationist and very racist. I mean, some of the quotes from Eastland that have come up are not, you know, vague at all. They are very blunt, violent, graphic, racist quotes about Martin Luther King and many other civil rights activists. But Biden was saying, hey, we could get along. And I think the thing that Cory Booker uh, picked up on particular was that boy comment. He was saying, you know, you can't joke about racists calling black men boys. It's demeaning, it's insulting, it's hurtful. Well, you also, as a white man, can't give someone points for not calling you boy. (laughs) Because, I mean, I think that's what we're hearing as well. But some prominent African-American lawmakers have come to Biden's defense. House Majority Whip James Clyburn said, you don't have to agree with people to work with them. Um, But that's not directly addressing. I mean, what are people saying about what seems to be a tone deafness on Biden's part, not understanding that he's a white man and probably would not be called boy by another way? Yeah, and and Clyburn is defending him. Uh, It's interesting timing because Biden and a lot of other candidates are headed to South Carolina tomorrow for uh, a big event that Clyburn holds. It's a big fish fry where all the candidates are going to speak. Clyburn is the top-ranked African-American in the House, uh, in the whole Congress, uh, actually. And he has not endorsed Biden, but he's certainly had a, a lot of very warm things to say about Joe Biden. He's repeatedly defended his record. He's pointed out that if you look at the polls, Joe Biden, he's, of course, leading all the polls, but he has a wide lead uh, among voters of color. And a lot of people that I've talked to, African-American voters, say, you know, I, I, I'm inclined to vote for Joe Biden because of the fact he worked with Barack Obama for eight years. But still, the conversation is not about Biden's time as vice president. It's about his long track record in the Senate, and especially the stuff he did in the 70s and the 80s. A lot of it just doesn't mesh up with where the Democratic Party is. Nothing is ever the same. Changing houses. Changing faces. Different bedrooms. Different beds. And this trash bag filled with everything I have. I don't want to feel alone anymore. Help us show her she's not alone. Join us at Together We Rise to change the way kids experience foster care. One month or two? Five. Certainly, darling. Look what you did. What? You spilled. I'm sorry. It's, it's your 
Sorry, sorry, sorry. What, what can I do? You can't do anything because you can't do anything right. <laughs> Kids learn a lot from their parents, including domestic violence. Stop the vicious cycle today. He cited working with conservative Democratic Senators Herman Talmadge, whom he called one of the meanest guys, and James Eastland, both of whom were segregationists. But Biden used as an example of civility the fact that they didn't call him boy, they called him son. Welcome back in, 347-850-1272. It's 40 minutes after the hour, 20 minutes before the top of the hour. You're listening to The Serious Side. Before we get into this conversation, I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Uh, you may have noticed this on your Facebook feed. Uh, there's a video of an African-American woman. She sounds like she's African, and it shows this little baby. She has to be at least three years old or four years old. And she has this little baby cleaning some um, cleaning some plastic, you know, play toy like a dinette set and she's wiping this and apparently this little girl's not doing a good job and it's, this video shows this woman woman hitting this girl so hard it's hard to watch and so people are saying they're trying to make this video viral and I ask that you go out on Facebook and see if it's on your feed and if you find the feed do what I did forward it to your local police department we have to find people like this it is the most sickening thing I've ever seen this big grown woman just punching this little girl in the head. And, and, you know, for us in the Houston area who just buried a young four-year-old because she was in, a, in a, an abusive situation, we have to find these people. These people have to be locked up. And it works. I promise you it works. There was another situation where a young man, uh, somebody took a video of a young man, the man that was in his 30s, performing oral sex on a four-year-old girl. And they posted it on Facebook, Facebook and they found this this disgusting individual. So I promise you, please go out. The video is out there. I'm going to try to get it. It's hard for me to watch. I want to post on my, on my Instagram post, but it's just hard for me to watch as a parent. So go out there. I know people are putting it out there. See, can you find it? If you find it, send it to your local law enforcement. We have to find people like this who are doing this to our children. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, so this past week, uh, Joe Biden uh, made some comments, and Joe Biden, you know, we all know Joe, Uncle Joe, you know, he's he's that 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 hugsy, touchy type guy, and you know, and and, and he's just a down to earth person. He's a person that was Barack Obama's uh, uh, confidant for eight years. Uh, President Obama loves this man like his own brother. They still get together and do things. Matter of fact, they were together at uh, Sasha's uh, Sasha and. Uh, Vice President Biden's granddaughter's uh, high school graduation, where they spent time together and had a party. These men are truly close. Um, and, you know, Biden's record as far as on civil rights, um, you know, it's just impeccable. You can go back and look it up yourself. But these comments have stirred up some, uh, have stirred some things up in the African American community, especially with Senator Cory Booker. Cory Booker came out and said, hey, listen, the Vice President needs to apologize. Those comments are in sensitive. And you heard also during in four minutes or less something that you need to know Kamala Harris weighing in on this. So now it's time for us to talk about it. You know, he didn't call me boy, he called me son. Let me start with you on this one, Johnny D. Do you think the vice president's comments were insensitive and do you think he needs to apologize to the African African American community for making such 
what people would consider uh, just uh, uh, just careless and uh, hurtful thoughts, remarks. What say you? I think it is, uh, but and not trying to make an excuse for Joe Biden, but we understand that this is what he does uh, quite often. You know, you think about Easterling and Talmadge, uh, Mississippi and Georgia politics and the area in which they came up. Uh, Joe Biden is a staunch politician, which means if he started his work in 1972, he was simply going along with, 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 with the good old boy uh, a system. And, and what I'm going to do, Jay, is I'm going to revert back to the last segment. You know, it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. And what you're going to find is Joe Biden is going to have to be the most apologetic individual throughout because he has had the longest tenure of any of the remaining Democratic candidates. So he's going to be the one that's going to take the most shots because there's there's going to be some strong correlation between him and his policies, him and individuals that he's associated with, uh, Cory Booker. you know, jumping out there, taking a stance. Uh, and, I, and I beat Cory Booker up pretty good, so I'm going to leave him alone. But, again, uh, Joe Biden, uh, inexcusable for the comparison that, you know, he never called me boy, he called me son. That That's no association. And, and of course, he should not be given a free pass by the African-American community. But is this a situation, Vanessa, where when people, like, for example, people took the, the super predator comments by Hillary Clinton back in the day, and they used that against her uh, in the 2016 presidential election, and look what we have sitting in the White House right now. But when you go back and look at the broader text, she was trying to make a point, and what Joe Biden was trying to do, he was trying to make a point. Are we being too insensitive about this? Because at the end of the day, is this, once again, Democrats, you know, shooting each other in the foot? Because we know there's nobody that's saying that Joe Biden uh, is a racist. There's nothing in his record that indicates that at all. Uh, and we all know that. And so is this a situation where we're making a whole lot to do about nothing? If the man says, look, this is what I meant, I'll clarify my comments, this is where we're going, shouldn't it, should, should it just die right there? Do we, need, do we really need him to apologize for, for what he said? If he explained what he was trying to say, and most of us got, most of us understood what he was trying to say, should he, should he apologize? I mean, we're making this bigger than what it should be. Okay, so I've been waiting on this all week. I can say this for one thing that really exposed the hell. I mean, the fool out of me. So, Jerome, if you are mm-hmm. listening, honey, go on and load your gun to come after me. Elias, go on and load your gun to come after me, because this is what I want to say. I will. They need to load it. Go ahead. I know it. Y'all need to leave Joe Biden alone about that. I'm not. That is the least of my worries is what come out of his mouth when you got a president of the United States who says the P word, the P-U-S-S-Y word, O-T-V. What Joe Biden said does not save me in the least. Let me tell y'all something else I think is stupid that they're talking about. I'm really finna get it now. I think it is stupid that they're talking about going back and trying to find and give some money to the slaves or whatever, the slave masters. And that's going to the next segment. You're jumping, the, you're jumping the gun, Vanessa. Oh, you're jumping. Say those comments for the third set. No, I didn't know. I yes. didn't know. Okay, so I'm going to hold yeah, that. I, I really want to get into okay. that. I want to get into okay. that because Bobby's grandfather was one of those people. But, no, 
need, okay. great grandfather, I need to get people to stop jumping on Biden because what's going to happen is Biden is the front runner and they're going to keep beating on him and pounding on him and Trump will end up getting right back in office. Even Bernie Sanders okay. did not attack Biden. Not at the fish fry. That's going right. to get most of the fish fry. Oh, I bet you, you did. But, uh, uh, Mr. Elias, your phone. Look, I, 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 have to agree with, I have to agree with Johnny D. Look, man, he, he's going to have to be the most apologetic man in history because of a lot of things that he's done. Think, of, think, about, think about what he did with, uh, uh, I can't remember her name right now, with, jeez. Uh, I'm bad. Drawing, drawing Nobody's perfect, Elias. Oh, the uh, the and, and when they uh, they, they were trying to uh, elect Clarence Thomas, uh, Anita Hill, Anita, Anita Hill, Hill. Anita Hill. Yeah. Yes. Think about that. I mean, he's going to have to. I mean, look. He, I, I agree with Johnny. He grew up in a good old boy here, so you know he's going to he's going to he's going to tone it down some, man. He, you know what? When, 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 when is it? Okay, some of the some of the gaps that he had, some of the some of the gaps that he had, he's got to tone it down, man. I'm sorry, because you know. Tone what down? What do you mean tone what down? Tone some of the gaps. Okay, the boy comment. Well, how many how many times have you heard a a white man be called a boy? Hmm. That's what that's what these refer to black people as all day long. So 365 days a year, you could be 80 years old. And, and in the South, they still call you boy. You understand? So he's going to have to tone that I'm down listening. a little bit, man. He's going to have to tone it down. Now, Jay, well, well, yeah. Jay, yeah. can I, can yeah. I say this here? And I, I, now, yes, what, what, what Les and I are saying, and, and Ms. Vanessa, I agree, uh, that Joe Biden, of course, is the front runner. But, again, you got to think of the era in which – he, he started politics in 1972 with straight good old boy. If you go back and you look at some right. of his, his policies, um, you look at some of his policies, has not always been as favorable to minorities, just not African-Americans, but minorities. You look at some of the comments that I'm sure uh, someone's going to dig up that he said about Jesse Jackson when he was running. You know, these are the type of things that, that I'm suggesting that he's going to have to step back and be somewhat sensitive in regards to the, the scrutiny that he's going to take, and he's just going to have to set, you know, just simply just apologize and say, hey, a different era, different time. I'm not saying that he can take that back. He can't retract what he's done. He can't retract the policies, but he's been out there long enough to where people are going to be able to poke at him. Why? Because he is the front runner, and he's been doing politics for 40-some years. Think about the, the scope of politics. Look at where we are now when you look at the Congress and you look at all of the females in Congress, back when Joe Biden was there, um, I'm pretty sure he probably said some comments about Shirley Chisholm that somebody's going to dig up when she was running for president back in 1972. So these are the type of things he's just going to have to, you know, understand that they're going to come at him because he is the front runner and Donald Trump and his regime are going to be the main ones, you know, with, with the shovels out there. So, it's just it's part of course. Again, you know, I think Cory Booker and his approach is probably more political and and trying to get his numbers up. But this is going to be the wave. He needs to sit down and show campaign train. And Joe Biden's going to get out there on the campaign train. He's going to say some more stuff 
that he's going to have to apologize for. But the main thing is, 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 is stay true to, to, to the fact that, hey, I've been in politics for a long time, and I'm a, I'm, I'm a long-time politician, and I just simply changed with the flow of what was going on at the time. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, listen. Uh, okay, I, I agree with that. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I guess for me, it, you know, I, sometimes we get this holier than our than our thou type moment. And what I mean by that is, I'm pretty sure you can dig into anyone's past and find out they've made some derogatory comments about a person or about place or a thing. Um, so, you look, I get it. I, I get what you guys are saying in, in regards to Joe Biden. You don't even have to go back to Jesse Jackson. You can go back to the comments he made about then-Senator Obama when he said he's, uh, he's, you know, he's smart, he's articulate. And people looked at that and was like, oh, my God, are you trying to say black people are not smart and articulate? I just, what I'm just concerned about is are we in a situation where we're going to create this divisive environment where, you know, and we talked about this before on the show, where we hold Democrats at a higher standard, and Republicans are like, you know what, we're just going to let this stuff roll off us like rainwater. We're we going to circle the wagons. We know he day wrong, we know it, but the bigger, look, we're, we're looking at the bigger picture, more Supreme Court justices, more federal just, justices. We're looking at that, so we're going to hold our nose and do what we have to do to control whatever we have to control. Looks like we have someone that needs to get on the phone line, Mr. Ellis, we have a caller. Yes, we do. It's Pastor do we have Don Jr., CEO. Greetings in the name of Pastor the Father, Don Son, and the Holy CEO. Spirit. Good morning, Pastor. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you calling from, morning. sir? Uh, sunny Arizona, man. It's about 95 degrees, sir. It's not even 8 o'clock yet. Oh, gee, wow, that's, that's bad. <laughs> I know about Arizona. <laughs> I'm flying it. I'm flying it today. That's not a good thing. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's hotter in this room than it is outside, man. It feels like it's 150 <laughs> degrees in here. Y'all been saying a lot of strong stuff about Mr. 45, and uh, I want to say this right here. Um, this guy, yes, he desensitized us for over 12 years, and when he got in the office, everybody's seen it coming. Now, this is the same guy that we say we can't stand, and we turn around on Friday and Saturday and go drop $250 to go stay in one of his towers. So... We as people yeah. were creatures of habit, and sometimes we can't break the monotony. It's like that, uh, like the dog with the bell. Every time that bell rings, the dog knows you're supposed to get something to eat. Well, because we've been so desensitized and we're not having healthy conversation like this outside of the water cooler, a lot of times when people go in to pull that curtain, they don't go in with the right information. They're going off for speculation and what their homeboys think. And once they make their decision, they're stuck with it for four years. Now, in my personal opinion, I don't see another situation because 45 did so many negative things. You can't hate on the people that's building the country on your right hand and then on the left hand saying that we don't want y'all in here, we're going to put up a wall. It don't make no sense. Black, brown has built this country as long as the Chinese forever. And no matter what goes on, if we stop spending our $7 trillion a year and went and did something else, the whole engine will stop. We have the, we're the smallest population, but we have the highest spending power, but we don't spend with each other. We break each other down, and the ones who actually have the resources, they don't take it back because the people that didn't work for it don't deserve it. So all these things need to be changed, and you can't fix the house from outside the house. That's why I'm running for president in 2024. Once I get on my campaign mission, I will elect uh, the right people, but at the end of the day, it can't be done from outside the house, and sometimes you can't fix stuff without not being in the seat of authority. So that that's my take on everything. 
Well, Pastor, we appreciate you calling in, and uh, we'd like for you, if you're going to do that, if we're still around, <laughs> come on back. We've been around for almost 10 years. If we're, if you're, we're around, come on back. We'd love to have you on the show to talk policy and, you know, some of the things that you're thinking about doing in, in your, your potential presidential run in 2024, and we appreciate you listening to the serious side, sir. Good stuff. I want to stay on the whole show, man. The topic is hot. This is good. I want to stay on the whole show. No, <laughs> don't take me off. I want to comment on the next topic. All right, Pastor, you know what? We're going to let you. We have an empty seat this morning. You can come on in and sit down. Jerome's off. You can come in and take his place. 347 You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ross Show. It happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS radio network, online radio at its best. Once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. And I want to re- repeat the comments I made at the top of this segment. Once again, if you have access to Facebook, go on Facebook. There's a video that we're trying to push viral of this African American woman. She sounds like she's native Nigerian. I'm not sure by the accent, but she is just smacking this little girl upside the head and kicking her. And it's just, it's hard. If you are a parent, it is hard to watch. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. I just got so enraged. So I'm going to ask you to go out, look for it, search for it, find it. If you do find it, forward it to your local authorities, forward it to a news outlet. We've got to find people like this because we don't want another situation that happened here, you know, a couple of weeks ago where we had to bury a young four-year-old because she was in a home where she was being abused. There were no cameras then, but now there are cameras, and now you can see this stuff. We have to step up to the plate and do the right thing in these situations. Once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about reparations, Vanessa's favorite topic. We're going to talk about that. Are African Americans really, really, and truly owed 40 acres and a mule? We'll be right back. You listen to the serious side of the J. Ross Show. The serious side continues after a short break. Now 
Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network. Yeah, I, I don't think reparations for something that happened 150 years ago for whom none of us currently living are responsible is a good idea. Uh, we've you know, tried to deal with our original sin of slavery by fighting a civil war, by passing uh, landmark civil rights legislation. Uh, we've elected an African-American president. I, I think we're always a work in progress in this country, uh, but no one currently alive was responsible for that. And the real dilemma posed by reparations is just that, a dilemma of inheritance. It is impossible to imagine America without the inheritance of slavery. As historian Ed Baptist has written, enslavement, quote, shaped every crucial aspect of the economy and politics of America, so that by 1836, 
more than 600 million, almost half of the economic activity in the United States derived directly or indirectly from the cotton produced by the million-odd slaves. Welcome back here, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's a serious side. Good Sunday morning to you. As I say, good morning to my esteemed panelists in the house. Let me say good morning to my big sis. What's going on, Vanessa? Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you as well, my love, my main man, the educated brother himself, Mr. Johnny D's in the house. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Good morning. Everything is well. And, and Jay, I don't know if uh, the day history wasn't made where, where, where the young brother announced his presidency for 2024. He may be the first one who has he's done that. So this <laughs> is a historic day. Definitely. Historic day. Right here. We never had one announced. That's a good one. That's our first one. Write that down in 10 years. Good stuff. <laughs> the man who really runs everything, the man who gets the first and last word here to the series, Dr. One and only Mr. L to the E to the S. What's going on, sir? How are you? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And uh, to our guest panelists, our 2024 presidential candidate, right here, the one and only Pastor Don Jr., CEO of the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Greetings in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessings to all your millions of listeners out there. I'm feeling wonderful. Absolutely. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to people in the chat room, if you don't mind, sir? Since it's working. Ah, uh, yes. yes <laughs> it's working. Uh, Newsflash. <laughs> okay, yeah, Rich just has been there with us. Uh, and uh, both are right yeah. easy. And also, we had my main man, Kofina, man, that, but you know, it's bike riding. Kofina! Good, he's out riding his bike. Let me say hello to the people out there in social media and the social media realm. Pastor Stephen F. Jones is in the house. What's up, Pastor? How you doing? Marianne, the music is checking in. I'll tell you where she's checking in from during Chatterbox. Also, Reagan from Memphis, Tennessee. Carrie, uh, Scotty, uh, Florence. What's up, Florence? Uh, oh my God, Cindy! I mean, just so many people can't name them all. Thank you guys for tuning in to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Speaking of social media, it's time to bring in our director for the social media outreach for the TJRS Radio Network. Good morning, Jackie. How you doing? I'm doing morning, well. Rich. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good morning. Outstanding, outstanding. Good morning, Jack. All right, Jackie. Tell people how they can stay in contact with the show when the show's not live, if you don't mind, ma'am. Well, if you want more info about the TJRS Radio Network, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash groups, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash TJRS Radio. Keep up with it. Keep up with it. And uh, I'll tell you what, coming up soon, we're going to announce some dates because our 10th anniversary is coming up real fast. I get texts from Jackie all the time reminding me, I'm not going to let you let this just blow by. I got you, Jackie. So we're going to make some announcements here, hopefully within the next two weeks, of our Saturday shows that we're going to do in, commem- in commemoration of our 10th anniversary of being on the air. And Jackie, once again, go check her out. She posts stuff. 
she's posted old episodes of the J. Riles Show, which if you need a laugh, then go tune in and check it out. Also, old episodes on the serious side if we need to re-educate you on some things that you need to do. Plus, she has things going on in her own world. Jackie, tell us what's happening with you. Well, if you want more information on me, um, Fox Provision, if you want to check out the ball up, if you want to the next event as a motivational speaker, or if you'd like to purchase my vision, body, self, and One place you want to do that at, and that's what I like to call my one-stop shop. Check out my website www.jackieacieap.com Once again, www.jackieacieap.com Check it out. All right, there you go. Hey, Johnny D, man, tell us a little bit about what's going on with you and the program that you started, uh, because we want, want to make sure we push that a little bit, man. Can you give us a few give us a few sentences on what's happening with you, sir? Oh, Jay, I tell you, I, I appreciate it, definitely. It is, I reference it as a square of knowledge, and it's got some, some different principles to it, uh, character education principles uh, that, that focus on minorities, but uh, particularly uh, African-American young males. And uh, we, my wife and I recently started a, a, a scholarship that we're going to affect in 2020 for some deserving uh, criminal justice uh Students, aspiring criminal justice students. You know, we, we talk about our law enforcement and the lack of training and some of the issues that we've seen in our communities. So this will this will allow us to help in, in a small way. And you know, there's some people doing some great things out yeah. there. And we've come in contact with them. So I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to, to talk about you know, what we're doing with with the Fort World um, concept. Absolutely, man. It's good stuff. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Time for the third and final topic, and this one may go a little longer because usually we will do chatterbox. I'm not sure Jerome's not here, so we won't have uh, on a need to know basis this week. Uh, but you know, hey, we'll you know obviously, guy, you know, we have plenty to talk about, plenty to say, and plenty of people to hear from as you continue to tune into the show. All right, reparations, forty acres in a mule. That's what we're going to talk about. This is a hot topic that's back on the table, and for the first time in twelve years. Congress had a hearing on this to talk about African-American descendants of slaves. Are they entitled to reparations for all the hard work that they did in building this country? Now, me trying to explain the story will not do the story any justice, but I tell you who can do it for us. Ali Velci, who's usually who's on MSNBC, he broke it down as far as how reparations would work and the history behind it. Let's listen to this, and we'll talk on the other side. Today is Juneteenth. It's a day celebrated as the end of slavery in America when federal troops entered Galveston, Texas, and General Gordon Granger announced to the population all slaves are free. Now Congress is forming a committee to look at the idea of reparations. So let's look at that ourselves. Between 1619 and 1865, about 4 million people were brought to what became the United States in the transatlantic slave trade. They and their descendants fueled the nation's economy, especially in the South. Labor was free. When slavery was abolished after the Civil War, the newly freed people were originally promised 40 acres and a mule. But after President Lincoln's assassination, Andrew Johnson overturned the agreement, instead compensating the former slave 
holders. Reconstruction was ended prematurely in 1877, and through the 20th century, black people were denied voting rights through Jim, Crow's lo Jim Crow laws. Black veterans were denied full GI Bill benefits. Black homeowners were denied equal housing through redlining, and black Americans were terrorized by white supremacist groups. More than 4,400 people were lynched. In 2016, average median black American net worth was 17409 Now, that means that uh, half of all families had net worth, houses, whatever assets they've got that was higher than that, half had net worth that was lower. Take a look at this. Median white American income, 171000 Ten times the median of black families. This is according to the Federal Reserve. Between 1983 and 2017, black home ownership actually ticked down a little bit, uh, two points, after years, as you can see, of very little variation, white home ownership has gone up fairly steadily. These are the things that this new reparations effort wants to address. H.R. 40, as the bill is known, calls to study the damage done by slavery and its legacy and formulation of proposals for programs to increase economic, educational, and other opportunities for black Americans. This morning, Senator Cory Booker read off even more statistics on racial inequity today, and he and actor Danny Glover gave... Thank you, Allie, for breaking that down, because I could have never broken it down the way he broke it down. All right, so now we're going to talk about it. Reparations. You know, and, and let me start this one off uh, with, uh, you know, Jack, I don't know if you want to stay in on this, on this particular se segment or not. Uh, so let me just let me start here. Uh, African Americans are they due reparations? And I think what happens is when we talk about reparations, people look at this as somebody's writing and cutting the check. And when you go back and look at the history of what happened with African Americans coming over in the slave trade and you know all the free labor and some of the things that uh, Ali uh, outlined uh, during his uh, during his remarks, Mr. Elias. Uh, Final set to you. We'll start with you. Do you think? I'm sorry. Let's start with Johnny D because we started with you, then we started with Vanessa. Johnny, let me start with you. So, do you think African Americans uh, deserve reparations for, you know, what our ancestors did back in the day? All the free we helped build this country, and you know, we really didn't get anything to show for it. Jay, let me start off by saying this here. Uh, I'm sure that all of my commentary that I want to make isn't going to be done. I'm kind of transitioning through a, a period. But, yes, there is, there, is no, there is no people that have suffered the indignities, the abuse, the atrocities that blacks have suffered, starting on the coast of Africa, being brought here to America, at what price do you place on reparations? I don't think that you can quantify the degradation, the building of America in a monetary number. If you look at the Japanese when they were put in those internment camps for a three-year period, um, my studies indicate that they were compensated, the, the, the descendants was compensated $20,000. Now, this is not to villainize my Asian brethren, but at that time in World War II, America was at war with Japan, but yet America still felt responsible enough that those Americans who had 
who had mm-hmm. uh, cast their, 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 their fortune in Northwest uh, America and throughout America, uh, I think nearly 120,000 uh, to, to be exact, still felt the need and compelled to compensate their descendants. Now, you have to ask yourself why, and the reason why is probably because the Japanese have become an economic power, and America covets their opportunities to not only solicit their, 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 their technology advancements, but also to integrate themselves in their home country. There is still not that same regards for the African-American or blacks who live in America, uh, there's still not any regards. Now, several years ago, when I first uh, got out of the military, um, I worked with a family of Filipinos. Now, at that time, they were coming over on visas, but they never paid taxes during that time. So for nearly 25 years, when I first heard about uh, reparations and saw that I was working and being taxed and they were coming over and not being taxed. I sat back and I said, uh, you know, the, the coalition of, of reparations uh, started about 30 years ago. They're about, because I, I remember uh, Minister Farrakhan and, and, and his um, and the Nation of Islam being a part of it. So I, 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 I remember them talking vividly, and I was asking myself, what would benefit me at that point in time? Because surely America is not going to cut a check. Uh, there has been at least six times where reparations have been paid out throughout the, 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 the world. And sometimes in, in America, the, in, in North Carolina, where they, they sterilize uh, African-Americans mm-hmm. with the Tuskegee experiment, then Rosewood with the race Florida. Uh, so, so, so these are some times where reparations were, were given. Now, what, what I have said is that there's no way that there's going to be a pot of money large enough because all of the inhabitable land is already consumed. The land that the government has is used for test uh, purposes and, and uh, of course, uh, got all of these mines and ele- electronics way out west. So even compensatable land would not be sufficient at this point in time. Now, how, does that, how, how, how would we be able to e- equate reparations into today's time? My suggestion has always been to remove the ability to tax blacks who live in America. Now, the time frame that I suggested was, was 10 years. If they were to allow me to not be taxed for 10 of my working years, certainly that will not, that, that will not help overall the, 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 the indignity that slavery caused black Americans. But from an economical standpoint, if you look at how we're taxed, that right there is just simply a code that could go into your paycheck and say, okay, boom. So that's simple. So it's not like America's going to go into this war chest that they're going to pretend that they don't have that's going to cause all the anguish. Just simply don't make me pay taxes for 10 years. That's how you can reward me with the reparations because we'll never get back what they lost. We're still suffering from it today. We're still suffering from it today. And to hear the article that you indicated with Mitch McConnell, how he sat back and talked about the Civil Rights Act, which he's defying even today, the fact that uh, we elected our first African-American president, which he voided for eight years while he was running the Senate, sat there, and what what, what, what was his words? One term? And they did nothing doing it. One term president, yes. 
Jay, Jay, you 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 have him down so wonderfully. You, you almost scare me sometimes, but <laughs> but the reality of this is that re- reparations can never be just with the African American community, the blacks who live in America. You can never repay us enough. So what I just simply say is, hey, I don't know all the quantitative data. I don't know all of the history behind it, like some of the scholars do. I heard um, um, Dr. Malvo doing. Excellent presentation throughout the week when uh, when she was speaking about reparations. So she knows far more about the subject. But I'm just talking about everyday common, everyday common persons like myself. Give me ten years of tax free, both federal and state, and that should allow me to to advance my economic state to where at least at least that one dollar for every twenty of wealth that's attributed to. White Americans in comparison to black Americans, that gap might be narrowed if you do that. <laughs> wow, that's some good stuff. Let me uh, let me uh, get uh, uh, let me let me go around to you, Mr. Elias. What are your thoughts on reparations? Well, my thoughts on reparations are we got some racist ass people in the chat room, but let me let I digress. Um, look, man, reparations okay. they 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 paid the people in Alaska. They get they get a check every year at the beginning of the year, right? And then that's get for uh, that's for oil reserves, right? That's that's because of well, the, the oil. Okay, ahead. I mean they do get a check. They get a check. They get a check. No, I'm with you on that. They You're get right. a check. Yeah. Anybody who okay. lives there actually will get a check because of their yes. But go ahead. Anybody lives in Alaska gets a check, and uh, also uh, Indians get uh, reparations for for what we did to them, for what what the Americans did to them. So do they get reparations, reparations or do we do they have certain privileges based on I thought I didn't know if they got I didn't know if they received repar- reparations. I know they get certain uh you know they get a check. benefits and things of that check. nature because, Yeah, Jay, Jay, okay. yeah, huh? Jay less is correct. Less is correct. But when I and and the, 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 the good pastor will tell you you know, I lived in Arizona for a while and I remember going to New Mexico and went on a reservation to perform uh some, some duties and of course, to me, it, it's really just looking at the extension, uh, extinction, because there's no job opportunity, but they do get a, a stipend, they get a check to simply stay mm-hmm. on the reservation. Now, if they leave the reservation, yep. oh, okay. then they forfeit that. But as long as they stay on the land, oh, okay. the native land, which again has no economic stability, then they're 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 given some 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 stipends or as reparations as, as you can call it loosely. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right, Vanessa. Let me let me get uh, let me get your comments on this, and uh, I'm gonna get past. We're gonna get you uh, next. Uh, but Vanessa, what are your thoughts on this? You, you said you've been waiting to talk about this for weeks. Here's your opportunity. Well, first I want to say, Johnny D. When I tell you, I never thought about that. Not taxing, and it was very easy by putting a code into if you are an African American or not, and the workplace could do it. That is an excellent idea, and you should really. Tell your congressperson that because my question and, and my thoughts about all of this was when it first came up and that stupid Mitch McConnell said, "Well, you, we gave y'all a black president." You know what? Somebody got to do something one day because he is going to answer and do somebody. We answer the Republicans got some heels to play, baby. So anyway, Bobby's grandfather and we still they still have that mm-hmm. land. Got the mules and mm-hmm. the forty acres of land. They got it. And they still have it. And so I'm just wondering, how are they going to determine 
what African Americans got the 40 acres and a mule before they stopped doing it, and which ones didn't. And if they just start passing out stuff like that, we're going to be the one paying for it anyway. All we're doing is paying for something that they're giving us. So I think, you know, when they start talking about that and what all we went through, well, what about the Jews? The Jews went through a bunch of stuff, too. I'm not saying, y'all, we don't deserve it. Give me my money. Give me my free tax cut, like Johnny B said. That's an excellent idea. Um, I'm just saying, hmm. some people got it, Jay. Some people got the 40 acres and a mule. Now, when Jay first brought it up, it really touched my heart, Jay, because I went to Tennessee with my church, and I saw mm-hmm. Andrew Jackson's mansion, President Andrew Jackson's mansion, and when we drove up on the tour guide, we talking about how the slaves put all of these trees out. Y'all, it was acres and acres and acres of magnolia trees. And then when we got to where the slaves slept, y'all, it was about as big as the average person's master bathroom, and the walls were made of cement. People with children should take their children to go see it. Their whole little building, that whole little bathroom was cement, and people made cots and stuff where they could stack up above so they wouldn't just, it was, they said it was like 25, 30 people except in one room. There's nothing that they can do for me right this minute, unless it's a tax cut for me being a black woman, that they should give me for my ancestors going through that because it was just so painful. Now, Jay, I do believe that because Texas, and that's why we celebrate Juneteenth, was the last one to find out about slavery when everybody else was free, and they still had slaves working here, I think that Texans deserve an extra something. Because we the ones still out there being slaves and everybody else was free. That's why we celebrate mm. Juneteenth and the rest of the world don't. Now, what do you think about that, Jake? Interesting. Well, I mean, uh, it's excellent comments, and I definitely want to make sure I get. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's, absolutely. I mean, I want to definitely get everybody a voice in here. Listen, Pastor, you, your, your mic's open, sir. Go ahead and uh, make your. Uh, you have any comments you want to make on uh, reparations? I have a lot of comments that I want to make on reparations. I'll be brief, be brilliant, I'll be gone. Um, one of the key things about us as a people, we don't let the people do what they're supposed to do. What I mean by that is, as a people, uh, I worked on the reservation. And I and I want to uh, say to the brother that was just speaking, he's 100% right. When I was working on the construction site, I was a temp, and I could drive the forklift, I could drive the bulldozer, I could do all the hard work. I had no work in this comp because I was working for a temp service. They didn't take any taxes out of my check. But what I found out is right. the people on the reservation are more racist than the white people, the black people, and the Chinese all combined. And the sad part about it is on the reservation, they have their own laws. Like if, you, uh, if you're caught speeding, you don't go to regular court. You go to court on a reservation. And when you get locked up, you get locked up on a reservation. And when their people die, they don't just bury their people. They leave them in a the room for about two weeks. And people come from miles around to visit their people. It's a real crazy situation. But I say that to say this. Even though the Indians were... were Spotted into one area The government still recognized their wrongdoing Now with the people with the Holocaust 
that wasn't our government. That wasn't had nothing to do with us. But far as America, we was responsible for the slavery. We made a lot of money off the backs of the workers without not being compensated. In this day and age, that would be against the labor laws. So I say that nobody is exempt from the law, and if the lawmakers are making the laws and they're not going to abide by it, that's not a good practice for the generations to come. Now, the whole situation of reparations is not about them just paying us to make us move. It's about them making it right. My take on it is like this. The people who are DNA and com genetically descendants, they should be taken care of, and it should be a percentage off the years on how many years they down. So if it's somebody that's a great-great-great-grandmother, they should get more than somebody that's a great, 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 great grandchild because they was closer to the fire when all the negative stuff was going on. We're not out of the fire yet, but at the same instance, the closer you was to fire in your lineage, you should get more money. And if it's going down the road, the cousin of William Taft or one of these presidents, they need to get paid as well because they was a part of it. I don't feel like it's just for one selected group of people. I feel like the Mexicans need to get the money. I need the last. Latinos, they was just as a part of slavery. It just so happened they didn't get to be seen. And that's my take. Wow. Good stuff, man. Don't go anywhere, Pastor. We want to definitely uh, got some comments that's coming in that uh, I'm pretty sure you want to hear. All right. Uh, listen. Uh, well, listen. I, I lied earlier. I said, I said that, uh, I said that uh, because we didn't have – I know Mr. Elias. I'm trying to bring him in now, sir. I lied at the beginning of the earlier to say because I said that there would be no uh, need-to-know basis, and I guess it's up to the man that's in the house, and Mr. Elias is blowing my cover, but he's here. Mr. Jerome is freezing in the house. Jerome, you were here. Mike's open. Uh, uh, about 10 more minutes left, sir. It's all yours. What do you think about reparations? Um, I, I think that we have to um, – I just kind of remember this fight over and over again about reparations and how some black folks are like, we don't need it, and how do we prove who's a slave or not. I think it's a bigger it's, – it's a bigger picture issue that we're dealing with, right? And I think that's why – you do have to commission a study on it. So if you ask me about reparations, if I was putting together the study, here's what I would tell you. And, and um, again, I know that whole thing with natives and how they do stuff is a little bit different, but they had their own nation, so they get to run it any way they choose to. And um, we need to understand that, you know, black people wear – Black people didn't come here on ships. Like, not all black people came here that way, right? So a friend of mine who is a faith keeper, who's an historian for one of the nations um, in, in New York State, um, I, he and I had this conversation years ago, and I said to him, you know what disturbs me is that black people don't know that they were here. And he said, we've been here 3,000 years, and there was black people when we came here. That's the native vote. That's a historian for the natives, right? Think that they have issues with black folks. They have issues with people integrating into their culture, which which is mainly white folks. Like they, that's why they lighten them up too. But they have issues with anybody coming in telling those clan mothers and what, how they should and should not govern govern when they're oppressed. So oppressed people do some crazy stuff just because. A part of oppression gives you a whole different structure and culture. So for reparations, it is not a check. 
I mean, I agree. Black people need to be exempt from taxes. But just like Native Americans, we need to have a green card, too, where we shouldn't pay taxes if we buy a bag of potato chips. We shouldn't be paying taxes nowhere because that, that amount of money is, is so high that the government owes us back that there's no way that they can pay us back. But if black people oppression, we should not be thinking about DNA tests to determine how anybody gets reparations because all black people are oppressed. So even the black people who are here, the Carolinas and the Outer, outer Banks in Florida and in and, and the California area, you know, black people settled uh, a lot of those areas too. And even when the Spanish um, was in control of those areas, black people were running Spain at the time, right? So when you start talking about the Moorish um, folks and, you know, and, and Hannibal of Carthage and all of that other stuff that was going on during that time, black people had a prominent wo- role in what was going on in North America. So black people were wronged across the board. So you can't do a DNA test because the DNA test, um, when you talk about ancestry and all those guys, I wouldn't trust none of them, right? They can't tell African ancestry because it is not a part of their mission to actually give us accurate information. So here's the thing about reparations. It is a systemic problem that keeps us all oppressed. So reparations has to come in the package of this. We need to revamp not just our tax system for black people, but we need to revamp our social construct of black people, right? People were redlined for years, you know, and I don't disagree with Vanessa in the Juneteenth thing about them knowing two years later. But black people still technically wasn't free, <laughs> like regardless of what they said on paper, they were oppressing black people all over the place, and then Jim Crow and all that stuff. So reparations have to cover so much that we know that the study of that will cut through not just your education system, not just because of the policing, because black people are still getting shot unconsciously by police, and white jurors are letting them off. That is a part of a systemic structure that reparations can't fix. But it needs to address... Can I ask a question? Can I ask you a question? This is Pastor speaking. I have to ask you this really important question. Now, can you speak when you say what you said, you're 100% right, but I want you to illustrate because there's trillions of Americans out there right now that's interracial and they're mixed. They're not 100% black, but if you ask them what's their race, they're going to say black. The reason why I say the accessory because we got to find out who's mixed with what to properly uh, disperse the funds. How do you feel about that? Um... I I don't like um feel one way or another about it because I think that people who are black are oppressed anyway. You can play with this one way or another and say, "Hey, now I'm black cuz I'm It's like when white folks would say, "I'm African cuz I'm white from South Africa." But you ain't originally from South Africa, but you're claiming it. So when they had the that whole thing with $5 Indians back in the days when they were settling in the West, you can go to the interior department, fill out the paperwork, and they will make you a Native American. And they were just infiltrating the Native Americans, white folks, right? They, that's why Native Americans so doggone life to begin with. Their ancestry does not run through the settlements of Native, American, Native Americans in the West so much because of the fact that they were converted. It's like being Jewish, and I know... You, Jay can probably get shut down from me even saying that word. That's how sensitive we are to that. But being Jewish is being a convert. It's not being a Jew, right? 
they are converts. So when the Russian Karzites came over, they're converted Jews. They're Jewish, right? And the issue is, is that we start to play on words and start to say, who's watered down where and how do we get this? And this is insurmountable. We can't play that game as black folks. Forget them. If there's people who want to well, claim my, being back, well, they claim it. Because my, my, my question is, I, I wanted to make sure you answer my question right. I'm black. When my first marriage, was, I married a white lady. My son is half white and half black. Where does he stand in the totem pole? Because he's black as me when he talks, but at the end of the day, when he files his application, depending on what job he's going to get, some jobs he want a higher pay, he put white. Some jobs he want a different situation, he put black. So what would you say he would fit into the reparations? He is, he is black. I don't care if he claims it or not. I am telling you that if we, we have DNA now, right? The black people have what's called EU or U melanin. White folks have fail melanin, right? EU melanin is selenium based, fail melanin is sulfur based. So, how you determine this goes like this. Whenever it, it and is, and by the way, I know I'm going to go a long way with this, but it's what Hitler believed. You know, Germany had great scientists, Einstein and all those guys. What they found out was if you're biracial, right, if you are, are um, a black female, with a white male or you're a black male with a white female, uh, melanin covers the sperm and the egg, right? So it is the black EU melanin that does not let in fail melanin, right? So we don't have the mutations that white folks have in them for different reasons. So we don't have the Neanderthal divinity and DNA in us because it will sift it out. So Hitler correct. Believed, you are correct. So Hitler believed that they were grafted by aliens because they can't figure out why black people don't have the exact same DNA. So, and he says, this is Hitler. He believed that God created them to rule over everybody else because they don't have fully 100% human DNA. That's the only way I can put it. So every time you see a study come out on TV, and I read a lot of these studies, that they'll say stuff like, you know, the Amsaws were our cousins and our distant cousins. They're not black people cousins because it says in there non-African um, Europeans. They always qualify that. So if you ever want to go look that stuff up on the inter- Internet, anytime they talk about Neanderthal DNA in your system, they say non-African Europeans, and they say that for a reason. So I am saying to you, if you get technical on me and say that person's not black because they have white parentage someplace and everybody has a little white blood, it, is, it doesn't mix like that. So you can DNA some, okay. test somebody, and if they, have, if they have EU melanin, it is going to show up, and when they don't, they don't. So Hitler wanted to create a pure race because he knew that once you have interracial relationships, your DNA sifts out certain DNA. Any kind of impurities, um, EU melanin will sift it out. So that's where that whole master race set stuff came from because they knew they couldn't recreate it if you have interracial marriage. Right. And he, and I, I got to jump in here. All right. So, so, because yeah, we're, we're, we're over. No, that's so, right. I don't so, have let any me give Jackie anyway. a few. Okay. All right. Well, then we can talk it. All right. So, we'll go ahead and finish uh, your thoughts, Jerome. And then uh, we'll let, we'll let, we'll let, we'll let, uh, uh, we'll let uh, Jackie, remarkable, we'll still do Chatterbox because we have a lot of them coming in. Uh, uh, Jackie, I mean, Jerome, uh, finish your thoughts, and then let me let Jackie get in. No, no, no. I, I was done. I, was, I just wanted to make sure I answered his question just because I know we always have those questions and we try to figure out who's black and who's not black. But I can do that from a scientific part if, if, if that was a. Um, 
if somebody wanted to question who's black and who's not black. Who you identify with in this country, it is more favorable to identify with white folks because of the demonization of black people is where that other stuff is coming from. But every time there's a party yeah. or Jay-Z comes out with a little song, everybody want to be black again. You know what I mean? So <laughs> no, I'm Absolutely. just saying because it's cool to be black. Like they, everybody likes the flavor of the of the kinship and the fellowship and the, of us hugging each other and all of that. But they conveniently want to forget it because white folks don't like it because it's not a part of their culture. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's reset then. All right, 347-850-127-230. I'm nine minutes after the hour. You're tuning in. Usually you would be getting chatterbox on the need-to-know basis. But, you know, we're going to keep talking about reparations. It's an important topic, and people have a lot to say about it. The other voice you're hearing is Pastor Don Jr., CEO. He's kind of, he just said, hey, I want to hang out for the rest of the show. And, you know, we said, hey, no, no problem. Okay, Jackie's here. Jackie, you have comments. You want to comment on reparations? What tell you? Well, and I, hopefully my background knows ain't too much. Um, bottom line, I know me, uh, there's no amount of money you can pay me to call yourself trying to restitute the slavery. So, me, I'm like, keep your money. But I understand that there's some kind of restitution. Maybe on the line of what Jerome was talking about, about the tax, or maybe the card, some kind of similar card. That, but I, I know there's some kind of restitution because please don't think, America, that you're not paying for that. You are, and you're really going to continue to pay unless there's some kind of real restitution made for. But. I don't necessarily need money per se. I just there's no amount of money you can pay me the rest too for that. And you know there may not be, and, and I get that. And, and but here's the thing that that I don't understand is that there are African Americans out there saying, "Hey, you don't have to give me anything." And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, here's the deal. This is how I've always looked at at, at reparations and things of that nature because I haven't really commented on this. You know. I always, I'm a firm believer that African Americans should receive uh, uh, reparations and compensation for the things that they've done, uh, all the free labor. And I've always looked at America as like, I look at it as if you, everybody knows how to play Monopoly, right? So when you play Monopoly, you know, you can't survive in Monopoly if you don't own property. And it's like someone invited you to play a Monopoly game and all the property's purchased up. All the property's purchased. I mean, what can you do? You're running around here. Yeah, you may you may get a card that says give you $200. You may have this other stuff, but you won't have any sustained wealth because you own nothing. And so, to me, it's the same thing. Now, yeah, you can come back and say you have, you know, you have, you know, black CEOs, people own land, and all this stuff. That's great. But the point is, is that we didn't start at the beginning of the race. They got a head start on us, and that's why I think that there has to be a way. They, there has to be a way to to uh, to compensate African Americans for all the free labor that this country uh, received from our ancestors. And so people may look at that and say, oh, we don't give you anything. I mean, it's, it's just nonsense. Then, if then the people sit here and think that, it's not as crazy. Go ahead, Ms. Elias. Go ahead. Didn't they, play the, didn't they pay, play the, pay the slave owners? And they reimburse no. them for their loss of property. Come on, man. You reimburse them for the loss of property. 
and then and then and you you know you slap us in the face and you consider that right. You know, that, you know, that's why I can say probably that Boba Bright is a racist because he's a, he's in the chat room going off talking about we we free 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 black people and now they want to they want to they want to take over. He's a sure enough racist. What? Man, I'm telling. You. Oh yeah. You know what? Don't even respond to his ignorance. He's a he's racist. So you can't tell me he ain't. He's a racist. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Now, let, let, let's now, now, Pastor, you, you brought up an interesting topic when, when you talked about how, and I like the way Jerome broke that down. That's why I call Jerome the smartest man in the world. When it comes to, you know, well, if you're, you're, you're bi, you, you know, you're biracial and all that stuff, you know, I'm, I'm like this. If you got a drop, a, a drop of black in you, you're black. So it doesn't matter, you know, what, you know, if your mama is white and your mama is, your dad is whatever. To me, if you, if you, if one of your parents is black, you're a black person. That's just the way I roll with it. But it's interesting, and that, and it goes back to some of the conversations people have with, because people are still looking at this as, hey, these people just want money. You know, and, and the comments that Mitch McConnell uh, mentioned, uh, we, we played those comments. Well, you know, there's nobody alive that was responsible for that. You, please, their ancestors are here. It goes back to Monopoly. They bought park place and boardwalk, and we still got to tiptoe the payroll. We don't own it because at the end of the day, we cannot reap the benefits. You know how it is. If somebody hit park place, man, that's two grand. <laughs> Monopoly money, that goes a long way. At you, you are you and your ancestors and kids, kids, everybody can be Monopoly land for free because you got poor boardwalk and park place. If you don't have that, you living from paycheck to paycheck. Oh yeah, you have Oriental Avenue. Ooh, wee, that's gonna really make us rich. I mean, so you know, at the end of the day, we need she to find ways. I do play Monopoly, but to me, it represents, it is a clear illustration of what I've always said, is that, you know, having us come is like inviting somebody to play Monopoly when all the property's been bought. I mean, what you going to do? I'm just being honest about that. And, you know, people may think it's silly, but I, I really truly look at it that way. We did not start from the finish line. We're the only race of folks who were brought here against at least African Americans brought a wheel. We didn't have to come here. They brought us here. Well, can I, so, man, can I say something? Are. You um, have us work for nothing? Huh? This, this country is built off conspiracy. If you look at the way the country was founded, the people that was in England, they didn't like what was going on, and they ran away. And the whole situation is if we built this country off conspiracy and we sweep everything up in the rug, it's like a volcano. When you put that pressure on it, eventually that pressure is not going to stay there. It's going to erupt. And what's happening here is because we're digesting information at 280 characters every 50 seconds, they can't hide it no more. So all the stuff that was swept up under the rug is able to go viral. We can see it 45,000 times. And because we're in an on-demand society, we don't have to eat dinners with our kids no more. We just look at our phones. So because we lost the values at the dinner table, it's harder for us to go out in the world and have values because we already desensitized. Uh, back in the day, we didn't see guys and girls kissing on TV like that. We seen married couples kissing. That was it. You had court. Now, everything is cheat on your man, uh, go steal something, go do something bad. And if you listen to the music right now, the top 20 records, they're desensitizing our little girls on how to be women. So I say this to say, it's not just the necessarily the slavery aspect of it. It's the desensitizing from the media. It's seldom that we get people to come in on a Sunday morning to platforms like this and talk about healthy topics. 
topics and then actually do something about it and then come back next week. A lot of people are weekend warriors when it comes to civil rights and being an activist. They don't walk it like they talk it. So I understand what the brother said. The reason why I wanted to bring up the mixed crowd because there was a lot of people, women that was raped. When they, when the slave masters were raping all these women, and there was a whole bunch of people that's unaccounted for that was murdered, and these people, families need reparations, and not only do they need reparations, we, what kind of statute of limitations is America not aware of? Where if you do something now, they can pick up the case four or five years later and say, oh, we just decided to prosecute you for this. So y'all can do that to us and put us in jail for smoking weed, but at the same time. We are getting high chemical drugs that's killing people at tremendous rapid rates, and nobody's going to jail because they got the money for the right representation. We lack resources, and this is why I'm running for president. It's more than just the information. It's the application of the information. That's what it becomes wisdom. So everything that y'all are bringing up today, I'm taking notes on, and I'm really going to make a change, but it's not an easy thing. I need at least 4 million people to help me make this happen, and once the 4 million happen, that's going to turn into 400 million across the world. So it's not just me. I don't know it all. I'm 98% of where I need to be, but coming on shows like this gives me the power to go. So, Jay, keep doing what you're doing, brother. I'm here because y'all are really saying some stuff that needs to be put out there and y'all putting your lives on the line because everybody IP address, they can find you faster than ever. We found Osama Bin Laden in the cave. So there's no secrets no more. So we're not doing anything about it. It's not a skill issue. It's a will issue. I'm moving out the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's just good stuff. All right, Johnny D, man, listen, let me give you, uh, we're going to wrap it up because we we got to get the chatterbox in, in the show. Uh, give you the last word, man. Final thoughts on this. Uh, you know what, Jay, I think everything has been said. Uh, I tell you what, I, I, I was sitting here mesmerized with the way that Jerome articulated me, me, Mellon. Uh, again, hey, like I say, I, I, I can see why you called him the smartest man in the world. So I have no more further comments. I think everything has been said. All right. Well, that being said, all right, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to step out, take a real quick break, get an update. We'll be back with Chatterbox. Uh, man, we have some comments in here, and then we'll give our final thoughts. We'll be right back. Show's almost over. Don't, don't go anywhere. We're not done just quite yet. We'll be right back after this. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Discover with the Discover It Miles Card. They automatically match the miles you earn at the end of your first year. Discover It Miles. Limitations apply. Discover Match for new card members only. Learn more at discover.com slash travel. The mayoral election in Turkey's largest city is being closely watched today as a referendum on President Erdogan. Today's vote in Istanbul, actually a rerun of the election in March in which Erdogan's ruling party claimed irregularities after the opposition candidate won a narrow victory. Washington and Ottawa have agreed to expand pre-clearance options for travelers and trade goods. Dan Karpachuk reports a deal came after the Washington meeting last week between Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and President Trump. For decades, Canadian air travelers have been able to clear U.S. customs at certain airports before flying to the U.S. The new deal will extend pre-clearance for travelers crossing by land, rail, and sea. The option will be expanded to more airports and for the first time for cargo traveling across the border. Trudeau and Trump say they intend to implement the agreement this summer, but no exact date has been disclosed. Canada's public safety minister says how the newly expanded measures will be rolled out north of the border will be based on an assessment at specific locations for passengers and cargo. Trudeau says the agreement will ensure the border remains safe while speeding up the flow of people and commerce. For NPR News, I'm Dan Carpenter in Toronto. 
Retired Boston Red Sox star David Ortiz has been moved out of intensive care. In a statement issued by the team, Ortiz's wife says he is in good condition nearly two weeks after he was shot in the back while at an open-air nightclub in his native Dominican Republic. Ortiz is being treated at a hospital in Boston. Dominican authorities say his shooting was a case of mistaken identity. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Final thoughts from uh, the world-famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, do you have anything you want to read? Uh, you know, I already told you what Bubba Bright said, and easy said, in any other country, grant reparations to black slaves. Hmm. <laughs> easy said what now? Did any other country grant reparations to black to the black slaves? Yeah, yeah, I think oh. England did. What, were you asking me that question? I, yeah. No, that's no. He was just reading the comments. Oh no, 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 no. I'm just, really I was, I was just yeah, I know. talking. About, but yeah, in Jamaica, <laughs> yeah. they're asked out too, and um, South Africa did too, and they're taking land back. So whatever to your comment. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What else, right, you, know, you have anything else? And nothing worth reading. Easy wanted me to read some earlier, but it ain't worth reading because it's, it, it's it's like you guys used to talk about other issues. Now you just talk about this. Hey, look, man. We're going to talk about what we want to talk about. It ain't about what you want. How about that? Let's move on. Let me me read some uh, comments here. Pastor Stephen F. Jones checked in. He says, welcome back, gang. What a show. find myself agreeing with everyone's comments. Both sides have excellent points. Uh, Special good morning and peace and blessings to Pastor Don. Mariana Muses, greetings from Belgium. Great topics as always. I love that song you played. Was it? Love the lyrics. Love you guys. Oh, boy, I can't remember, Mariana. If I remember, I'll tell you. Uh, Reagan, Memphis, Tennessee. I love the knowledge of the guest panelists. He is no Jerome, but he, his views were solid and on point. Uh, Carrie, affirmative action equals reparations. Okay, whatever. Jewel, Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. I love the monopoly and naturally simple but powerful. Thank you, Jewel. Trevor, all, uh, from Arkansas. As a person, I fully support the awarding of reparations. Operations for African Americans. The panelists' monopoly example says it all. I love the gentleman's idea about taxes as well. Randy from Dallas. I love the tax idea. You should run for Congress. There you go, Johnny D. Somebody wants you to run for Congress. Uh, Rebecca from Houston actually says, "Love the guest commentators should be permanent." Okay, Mitch from uh, Chicago. Great ideas, folks, on how to represent. I mean, how to reimburse members of the community who worked and built this. Nation of ours with no compensation. I must confess, I was challenged by one of my African American friends when I've been listening up. Any white person who disagrees with African Americans receiving reparations should be considered racist and dangerous to this nation. All right, there you go, Mitch. And that's it for this one. I mean, we have more, but I just can't read them all. All right, we're gonna, you know what time it is. It's time for us to shut it down. Sorry, sound confused, <laughs> but we kind of got to this point of different route than what we usually take. But it's time for follow. And ladies are first around here. Vanessa, your final thoughts. I guess my final thought is first. Excuse me. I'm glad you're visiting a church where I can um, stay and listen to everything. I'm 
So it's I have to call. Problem. But I love this guest host, and I just want to say this has been a interesting topic. And Jerome, thank you for breaking down the what is it called, melon, whatever. That was interesting. All right. Okay. Thanks, Vanessa, and God bless you, and have fun in church. Pray for all of us. Jackie's still in the house. Jackie, final thoughts. All I got to say is that I'm so glad that I serve a God that's going to provide me all of the restitution that I can possibly need. That's the bottom line. He gives me breath in my body. He wakes me up. He's been waking me up each and every morning for what's about to be 50 years of life. And I just give him all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And the best thing that I can do is to give him honor with my very life. And as he weaves his best into me, that's all the restitution I need. Y'all take care and have a wonderful and blessed Sunday. All right, the restitution of Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spreeze. First of all, thank you for allowing us to use this time to continue the topic. Final thoughts, sir. Yeah, you know, I want to say hey to Vanessa and Mariana, Kathleen, everybody out there. I, I kind of uh, um, have more appreciation for you um, just generally for um, – having this conversation and being able to roll through it. Now, really quickly on reparations, for me, I know that it's not just money. And when people say reparations, they get money hungry and jealous of us and money. The problem is is that there needs to be an overhaul of a system of how we see ourselves, and that has to do with education, about our housing. Um, New York State has the most Amish, new Amish settlements in the country. New York State does. There's a lot of places to live off the grid. And black people can have places in this country that has black people, but white folks have not progressed well enough to leave black people alone. Because people will still put a posse up and police are still shooting black people because they said that they were scared of them. And we still have no solitude. I don't know what reparations mean to anybody else, but reparations to me would be leaving me alone. That's all I got to say about that. Wow, look at that. Look at this brother spitting knowledge on the way out the door. He wasn't here, but boy, he brought it when he was here. All right, uh, as far as my educated brother, I should say, Mr. Johnny D. Man, final thoughts? Jay, once again, and all the rest of the contributors, uh, great show, uh, very informative. Uh, what what I plan to do over this, the course of this next week, Jay, and if you would allow me some moments next week, if, if, if God allows us to do his will and serve our purpose. Um, I, I, I really have some concern about America's national defense. Uh, as, as Republicans generally uh, pounce on the opportunity to talk about how strong America is and how weak Democrats are towards national defense and national security, I want to expose about educating uh, the listeners. So when you start going to the polls and you start hearing the rhetoric, I want you to understand just how vulnerable we are at this time. So, again, uh, if, if you would allow me an opportunity to, to next week to, to have a, a moment in the window of opportunity just to let you know that America is not the great that great, great, great I am as, as uh, we once used to be. Hmm. 
Hey, not a problem. It's all yours, sir. As uh, a matter of fact, we'll do a uh, roundtable where we'll be. So that's your topic for next week. We'll talk about it. Appreciate you, man. Love you so much. Uh, Pastor Don Jr., uh, CEO, positive comments from the listeners. Man, give us your final thoughts. Well, what I want to do is, and I have to do this, um, I move off the spirit, and I'm spirit-led 100%, and I want to bless all the spirits that's going to listen to this broadcast for the next 150 years. The voice recognition of software is where everything is. Nobody's typing no more. So as I read this to y'all, when you hear I am or my, this is, I'm ministering to you, but I'm ministering to myself. That's why I have to read to deal with 300 people every day. It says, this is the day, my day. I will control what I can and release of that what I can't. I will be confident in my words and in myself. Resilience will trump rejection. Favor will overcome frustration. For every yes, for every yes, for every yes, I have secured the victory. For every no, I have planned to see. Every contact is a new opportunity, a new challenge, a moment in truth. I'm important. I make a difference. I'm blessed from above, inspired by those around me. I'm powerful. I'm loved. Each humble moment, I'm thankful for I have become stronger, for I have become stronger, for I have become stronger. This is my day. This is my calling. I'm the voice of and for many, the unborn, the hungry. I'm an ambassador for humanity created by the Almighty. Faith and follow, I shall prevail. Y'all run it back, play it back. If you don't have it, email me direct, CEO at gmail.com. CEO at gmail.com. CEO at gmail.com. I will send that to you. Ever since I've been reading it for the last three years, my life has accomplished so much power. This show is power. This is a movement of God. And the only thing about history, don't go old 80 and 90 in your bed and you wasn't recording on the radio. You wasn't reporting the book of life. These shows are going to be looked at for the next 150 years. People are won't go back like in the Planet of the Apes and play this show in her 20 and 30 second clip of what we're saying and they're going to use that as literature to change the world so be strong in your words be fervent about serving the spirit love one another love the people you can touch and the ones you can't see know that God is doing something within them my name is Pastor Darjean CEO I'll be your presidential candidate in 2024 Jay I love you to all the panelists I love you to all the people out there in radio land get off the radio call in number is Three, four, seven, eight, five, zero, one, two, seven, two. When you get the notification, call in. If you're not recorded, you can't be reported. Goodbye. I'm out. Oh, look at this brother. That good stuff, man, boy. Yes. Right, hey, stand up and clap. Clap, clap, please. Hey, listen, in all sincerity, Pastor, thank you for uh, hanging out. Uh, Listeners love you. You know, come on back man, anytime you want. I think it's the first and last word here in the series. I want to only Mr. L to the E to the S. Final thoughts, Mr. Elias. Look, folks, get out and vote. If you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. I say that every week, 20, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Get out and vote. Because if you don't get out and vote, you'll get more of this crap of what we got. And the races are going to come out strong like they are now. You know, this past Friday, 22 years ago, I was in Houston, Texas. I was actually uh, doing a leadership training seminar, and all of a sudden my pager went off saying 911. I said, oh, my God, I know what the heck that was. I jumped in my car. Now, out of all the Saturdays, I'm usually in, and I was usually in Colleen at that time, but this Saturday I had to be in Houston for training. And my pager went off 911, and I jumped in my car, and I drove as fast as I could to Temple, Texas, because I knew there was something. There was someone there waiting to meet me. 
And I was, on my way there, I was like, oh, my God, am I going to be this person that she wants me to be? Am I going to live up to the expectations now that this person that I need to meet has just made their entry into this world? I'm here to say 22 years later, she has made me one of the proudest people in the world. And I'm talking about my middle daughter, Alexis. Happy birthday, sweetie. Daddy loves you more than you will ever, ever, ever know. And I am proud of the young lady that you have become. God bless you. And you know Daddy loves you all the way. And then some. You can't do a dang thing on the body. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday, if we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? Boom, 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 boom. It's time for the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure serving you, and we can't wait to talk to you next week. So, for Vanessa, for Jackie, for Jerome, for uh, John D., for Pastor Don Jr., CEO of Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Ross, and have a wonderful work we can remember. It's a Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. We'll see you next week. God bless everybody. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Radio Network.